All right. Hey, this is Groucho. This is Chud. And we're sitting with... Matt Potts. Matt Potts. Very enthusiastic <laughs> Matt Potts. <laughs> this is our first remote show. We've done a couple remote shows, but never like really done the show at, at a, a place. Mm-hmm. We're, so I'm a guinea pig. You are the guinea yeah. pig. The Distill Brew Pub in Bloomington, Illinois. Or nor- Is this normal? Normal, actually. I'm just sorry. a few hundred feet from Bloomington. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Proud to be a normal. We get our water out of an aquifer instead of a lake. Oh, there hey. you go. A dirty lake? No. Is that, no what, what lake? Uh, lake Evergreen? Bloomington is, uh, get, I think, where they get it. They pipe it all the way 20 miles south? Wow. As far as I know. I learned something. Okay, anyway, (laughs) distracted. Um, The Still Brew Pub just opened up in October this year? Uh, We would have liked to have opened in October. Okay. Uh, We opened uh, to the public November 23rd. November 23rd? I'm going to have you talk just a little. I don't know if we... There we go. How's that? Yeah, just try and... (laughs) I'm a sound Nazi, so you have to bear with me here. Because I don't... The mix is uh, <laughs> it's very sensitive. All right. It's I'm very emotional. Sensitive. I'm very. <laughs> I won't make you cry. I'm sorry. All right. I'm an amateur. This is amateur operation. All right. So uh, what we've done today is we've gone through and just kind of walked through the brewery and uh, got a video. You'll be able to see that online. And uh, Matt has, has shown us some stuff. And I want to talk to Matt a little bit and find out some background. Actually, anybody who's from the Peoria area or Bloomington area may be familiar with the Elmwood Brewery. In the past, they had bottled beers on the shelf, uh, and that's kind of gone now. And you were part of that before, right? Yeah, I had started it, and uh, worked. Uh, we opened that in December of 2001. Oh, here come the beer samples. Sweet, I love th- these samplers. Come out in like a like a little rack. They just like release them. Like that's sweet. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a pretty, nice, pretty awesome. Like it's like the milk delivery man or something showing up. <laughs> exactly, and then it just uh, they take them away and yeah. it's out of your way. And it's boom, nice. they're all lined up. Uh, yeah, we uh, opened that in December of '01, and um, uh, oh, within a few years, Diane Cullinan, who developed the shops at Grand Prairie, had approached us about uh, doing a, another brewery over there. She was kind of a big fan. She just lived down mm-hmm. the road from Elmwood, and uh, Oops, organization. Look at you! You're already spilling beer. You just started. I need napkins. Lots of napkins. Really, our, our alcohol <laughs> contents aren't that high. <laughs> the uh, um, uh, anyway, the organization or the partners that I was with at the time, we uh, had decided not to uh, not to proceed with that operation. But within a short time after that, I'd say uh, maybe by the middle of 2005, uh, she had approached us again about doing a brewery over here in Normal at the shops at College Hills instead of the Grand Prairie. And um, it just made total sense to us. Um, we came, looked at the site, loved the location. Uh, it was plan to be next to a hotel which it is you know it's mm-hmm. it's part kind of part of a shopping center but we're not like in a strip or anything no no this is really here. out by itself it's nice yeah. we have a nice view for the patio it's residential across the street so we like that feature as well my wife had already worked in town here for about seven or eight years so uh, she was driving about two hours a day it just kind of made sense for us to move from elmwood oh, to so as i say you, you live in this area then uh, yeah, now we live over. We live in Normal now, yeah. but at the time we were living uh, in Kickapoo. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but that drive was getting kind of old. <laughs> I can only train, imagine, you know. especially with construction and everything. You probably wanted to be here twenty four hours a day. Yeah, and it, we, if we were going to do this, I wanted to be close to it. So anyway, we uh, we decided to go out on our own and start start this one here. So and it, you know, I never even thought about the residential aspect, but man, I'm, it would it'd be a selling feature to me if I were out looking at a house. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> To live across the street from a brewery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if there's only a crosswalk, I mean, that'd yeah. be perfect. What we call stumbling distance from the brew pub. <laughs> exactly. 
So what was the timing on, on the brew pub thing? I mean, you had Elmwood before, but is there like a do – you, do you notice like a, a change in people's, uh, I want to say, appetite for beer that maybe now is better than maybe 10 years ago or something like that? Well, I think especially in the Midwest market. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of things. Things kind of start on the left coast and the right coast and, uh, you know, kind of work their way to the Midwest. And yeah. I like to think that we're – I mean, obviously, there's other brew pubs here in the Midwest already, but, you know, especially when you get started there's talking Central and there's, there's not much. I mean, yeah, I think... There's not, well, there's, there's technically another one, but I, uh, last time I was there, the uh, the brewer was oh. drinking a Miller Light, so it's that, kind of hard to slander, take that real serious. Judge. We're not ripping on anybody. Once again, you sue me, fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. I was, gonna, I was afraid we'd meet Matt, and I'd find out that he secretly just, just owned the restaurant and didn't drink the beer and you know, <laughs> something like that, you know. No, you've got the owner of the restaurant here, which is a pretty big investment here, actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, in there in the brewery, working you know with uh, work clothes, and it's a little different than a lot of owners out there. That, yeah, it know, sounds just like own it. it, and you know are somewhat removed from the operation. So, <laughs> um, oh, so anyway, um, the beer culture coming to this area, uh, it just it just seemed like a natural progression. That like now was the time to. We felt that there was a niche. Certainly, yeah. I you know so you're kind of taking a gamble because in yeah. my head there was a niche because I thought there was a need. That doesn't mean that everybody else thinks there's a need. Just because <laughs> I true. like beer doesn't yeah. mean everybody yeah. does. Well, so you, got, you had Chud and I behind you too, right? So there's yeah. two. There's, there's three. And that's that was really the tipping point. So, um, but no, I you know even oh my, what do we got oh, going on here? More and more beers. I didn't know we had this many beers. Wow, I, I'm gonna take a picture of this because. This is almost obscene. Thank you. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> um. I'm glad I brought my wife to drive me home. Yeah. Sheepers. <laughs> Maybe bringing them all at once wasn't such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of beer. No, this, uh, look, this, this looks, looks impressive. It does look impressive. Yeah. Everybody's going to be, I want to have what those guys are having yeah. over there. <laughs> Sheepers. Um, um, anyway, but uh, what we saw was not only the... Uh, the lack of brew pubs, but um, we thought the other niche to fill, not only here in the area, but brew pubs in general, was um, tying great food with the beer. You know, a lot of brew pubs have great beer, but, you know, the food is just kind of an afterthought. Yeah, your food and is it's, awesome. It's mm-hmm. as good, yeah. it's as important for us to have the food um, be as handcrafted and unique as the beers. Um, so that's kind of the concept, uh, really, in a nutshell, is uh, handcrafted, you know, food and beers and uh we like to, you know, we have an awesome executive chef who's developed a great menu to go with the beers. He uses a lot of um, beer in the food as well, mm-hmm. especially a lot of the sauces. Yeah, th- so. There's a lot of unique stuff on the menu, too. As I recall, sitting down looking at just some of the appetizers, there were things I'd never even heard of in my life, like the, 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 the Reuben... Uh, Reuben egg rolls. Oh Reuben egg rolls fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Beer battered asparagus, yeah. uh, you know, flat iron quesadillas, you know, the quesadillas are made with blue cheese. Everything, almost everything on the menu has a twist to it. You yeah. know, an it's all delicious. Twist, so. As far as beer culture in, in the area, like one of the, the most, the, the low-level things in a, in a place like this is like training the bartenders. I mean, do you have to go through a class with these guys? Or yeah, do you, do you um, <laughs> they do. Uh, actually, before we opened, all the servers went through um, about a week and a half of training, mm-hmm. um, you know, a full week of just training, and then about a, another uh, half a week of practice dinners. And then everybody, not just bartenders, all the servers... You know, the entire staff goes through beer school, yeah. four hours of beer school. Uh, they get trained about the entire process, about two hours listening to me talk about alpha, <laughs> alpha amylase or whatever else, the stuff to put them to sleep, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But regardless of how much they retain, which we hope is a lot, but at least to get can, can kind of a that? basic understanding. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can get into that in a moment. But, um, but yeah, they, they do. And, you know, you know they're going to uh, not retain some of that sure. really detailed stuff, but at least they you know, know the process, know what most of the tanks, uh, what their function is, uh, get more familiar with the product. And two, two of the hours is in the brewery, and then two hours is... Uh, uh, Essentially, beer tasting, beer and food pairing, you know, learning about the styles, and um, so by the time we opened, everybody, you know, it was very important to us. Yeah, was, well, I imagine so. I mean, most, you know, Joe Sixpack walks in, and you want to have the bartenders say, "Well, no, we don't have." Do you have Bud Light? We don't. Er, do you offer have any, any other beers? Okay, so I mean, if they walk in, and say, "I want a Bud Light." Well, no, we don't have Bud Light, but this, you know, you might enjoy this if you like that. That was uh, that was one of the bigger issues before we opened. Is do we serve, you know? a Bud Light or a Miller Light, or do we serve other beers? And uh, we decided that to uh, we had enough faith in our product um, that uh, we decided not to offer anything else. But we knew that if we did that, we had to have a, a product like mm-hmm. our normal lager that's a really light product, very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a filtered beer. Um, yeah. It's really it, golden in color. Yeah. That's I mean, what that, you're drinking now, it looks that, like. That, that's mainstream. And that, anybody who uh, maybe likes any kind of beer will like that. Yeah, and here's here's what impressed me about this when I walked in there though. Even, even I like this. This is not bad. Well, we you know it's Keith not and bad I, at uh, all. Keith and I really like it too. You know, mm-hmm. it's a light beer, but it's a uh, uh, Munich or Bavarian Helles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a light lager, but it's um, it's still got all barley in it. You know, we don't have any adjuncts, and yeah, you, it, you know, it's it's a light color, but you know, it's uh, still no, a it's handcrafted light, but product. It's good. It tastes so. like. Beer. I'm thinking in the, in the summertime, this would be fantastic. Yeah, and it's it's still got some hot bitterness to it too. So there's still some flavor in there for mm-hmm. the crap beer drinker. But it, yeah, I think yeah. summertime we're going to be selling a lot of this. The problem Probably. is it's a lager and it takes us you know three times. Oh, no, yeah. true. To yeah. <laughs> so we've uh, created a monster here with a lager because we're just we had trouble keeping up yeah. with it. Now, when yeah. you say this is your biggest seller, um, I think what's, what's typical in brew pubs is also typical here. Um, our lightest beers are always the best seller, and it's. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get darker, uh, scarier looking, you know, they get <laughs> slower, quite as fast. But you know, the, once people get the color behind them and they try some of those darker beers, like uh, especially like the Oatmeal Espresso Stout, mm. what looks at like a scary yeah. beer to some people at first, then they end up loving it because it's uh, you know it's a really drinkable stout. So you referred to Keith. Uh, Keith is what Keith Gabbett. That's my assistant brewer. Assistant um, brewer. Okay. We uh, met each other at Siebel up in Chicago during beer school. Yeah. Um, no. Well, let's back backtrack a few steps because I read a little bit about this about you. You actually you had the Elmwood, and you were doing law full time, and then you he means doing law doing doing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who law is, but (laughs) right, I wasn't doing well. Wasn't doing law. I was practicing law. Uh, <laughs> he was practicing it so he could do it someday. Yeah. Uh, essentially, I was uh, went to uh, law school at DePaul uh, yeah. up in Chicago, which kind of got me fascinated with the whole urban kind of concept mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. place. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, went to law school up there, uh, came back to Elmwood, Illinois, um, to practice law. Started practicing in 1994. Uh, went through law school in about two and a half years. I think I started in '91. In the fall of 91, it was done by um, December of 03, started practicing 04, and then uh, I think That's by 1997. Bring um, us a big glass oh, of water, water here. Water, yeah. Cleanse the You guys care for anything else? <laughs> no, I think well, nothing else would not fit on the table. Wise, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, uh, I'm good. I mean, unless Chad needs something. <laughs> um, well, but my girlfriend's got a food order she wants me to bring home, but okay. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, think of that later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, practice law from uh, 1994 uh, on. Uh, in a small town practice mm-hmm. um, with my uncle. Oh, so they're in Elmwood. It wasn't right, like a Right in Elmwood, like right. Okay. And uh, so in 1997, I think it was, uh, I don't know, November or December, um, this building went up for auction just down the one block down from the law office. Mm-hmm. And I rose my hand. And then, well, you know, backing up for a little further, um, I started homebrew in 1995. I was just going to ask you that. When did you first do that? Yeah, it um, wasn't too long after I started practice. started homebrewing. Um, just buy like a plastic bucket kit or something? And well, my wife bought it for me. It was yeah. actually a really nice quality system yeah. for you know homebrew yeah. kit. It was glass carboys, you know, not mm-hmm. fermenting in plastic or anything. Mm-hmm. Only use a plastic bucket for bottling. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the result was... Uh, you know, not to pat myself on the back. I thought it was good beer. Enough yeah. Yeah. So it sparked my interest. Anyway. Yeah, it got to start off better than my first two. <laughs> <laughs> we should have brought a bottle of yours. Oh, no. <laughs> not so much? <laughs> no, no, I got some uh, some kinks in the in the process worked out. So I got some better equipment here for the next time. I was going to try and brew an arrogant bastard clone, but I'm having problems finding the hops, yeah. which is another thing so we need to bring out with you. We'll <laughs> talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so anyway, started home brewing in 95. And then, uh, you know, we got really kind of into it, started doing a couple uh, parties at our house where, you know, I'd serve our homebrew and whatnot. And then got Man, this... Man, you're not that far away from me. How come I didn't hear about these parties? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a general uh, okay. advertised uh, house party. I wasn't party. a kegger, okay. <laughs> um, but then uh, uh, really got fascinated almost as much in the industry side of the business as mm-hmm. much as the homebrewing side. And I think... Uh, you know, by 97, you know, started getting the pipe dream about, you know, having a brewery. I uh, never really thought it would be a reality. And then this building open, uh, was auctioning off about a block down from the law office. Mm-hmm. And uh, about the night before the auction, I, you know, I said, hey, you know, I might, I told my wife, Lynn, I might want to bid on this building <laughs> the night before, <laughs> by the way. It's not like we're swimming in cash. You know, I got $60,000 worth of law loans, which I'll never pay <laughs> you off. You know that beer I made two years ago? I yeah. don't want to do that on a bigger scale. Yeah. So needless to say, uh, that's, um, <laughs> I rose my hand the next day of the auction, uh, and uh, they said sold, and I think we started crying because Ooh. we realized we just, I don't know what we'd done, you know, and yeah. uh, we kind of went into a backwards, <laughs> bought the building, then did the business plan. Uh, it took us a while, you know. We yeah. spent probably about a year on the business plan, really. Uh, and then we, uh, it was an old 1896 building. Had mm-hmm. a, um, it's like Main Street USA yeah. there in Elmwood. It's just a tiny little it's town. Mayberry. Yeah, and there's like a, like a two-block strip of downtown, these old, like, Andy Griffith buildings sitting there. And here's it, exactly that, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very well-kept downtown. It's a beautiful little town. Yeah. Um, oh, you, you've never been there, No, I've you? never been there. Yeah, I, I actually ate there when you guys were open and had beer then. Enjoyed it. Problem was, there's only two thousand people in the town, so yeah. like, you know, got very <laughs> that was the, the dynamic I couldn't figure. There's, I'm like, there's got to be a wrinkle to this. I mean, he's making his own beer That's here. They have a, a, an awesome restaurant. They made the night I was there uh, that I remember last having something exceptional was um, was horseradish sweet potatoes that just like blew my that doors off. Awesome. They were, uh, and my wife said, if you have that recipe laying around, we'll take it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember thinking, man, this, the food was gourmet, the beer was good, and it was it was homemade there. I'm like, this is an Elmwood. This isn't something that's a very unlikely place for a brew pub, especially in Illinois. You know, again, you don't have that culture where you have a brew pub on every corner. Exactly. To have a brew pub in a small town like that was very unusual. You know, but, you know, when I was doing the business plan, you know, I 
saw the little things where location, location, location was really important. Fortunately, we'd already raised our hand, you know, at the auction. <laughs> so, owner, yeah. uh, anyway, we did it and uh, we made a go of it. You know, we had about 100 different retail accounts. And, um, uh, you know, at, at our peak when I was really focusing on it quite a bit, and when I say that, I was still pricing law, you know, three yeah. or four days a week and uh, and and uh, going around with distributors. But uh, we made a go of it. But like I said, we got uh, an opportunity to come over here and uh, really do, you know, there, I was um, tied with partners, was never really the majority owner, couldn't really ever direct the company to where no. I wanted to go, and here, um, uh, well, I'll never make that mistake again. You no. Know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guys, you know, helped mm-hmm. us get going. Well, um, you know, uh, back in where I, where I meant to get into this was, with, you met your um, the assistant brewer at Siebel. Mm-hmm. So did you, you quit the law and you sold the restaurant and well, then went to of, Siebel? How, how did that work? It was more of a phase out of law because when <laughs> you're practicing law in a general practice firm, you can't just quit and leave your clients out. Well, yeah. I suppose yeah. you could, but then you better go to Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. kind of phased out. Essentially, it took me um, from December of 2005 until, I mean, technically I've got one case left, so you can say technically I'm, you know, still, still got a little yeah. bit. But, uh, um, but yeah, it took a couple years to really uh, get phased out and, uh, but I was phased out enough by last spring that I decided I could go to Siebel for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, got the support from my wife to yeah, yeah. You know, do another you know, crazy your, thing. Your wife is awesome. I hope, I hope <laughs> well, Margaret's not, listening yeah. to the show. <laughs> um, she is awesome, and that's why uh, a lot of this has been She's probably listening. Happen. That's why you, no, Hello, <laughs> testing. Are you there? Are you listening? No. Um, so, anyway, went up there. Uh, Siebel's great. It was a great experience. Uh, um, and that's where I uh, met my future assistant brewer. Uh, although, I mean, we didn't really, I kind of planted a few seeds, just, you know, just kind of more s- seeds of possible interest in the future. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't really until uh, he was done with school, and uh, I think we started emailing or something, and, uh, you know, I asked him again, you know, if he'd maybe be interested. And uh, he said yes, and he actually commutes to work here all the way from Chicago. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So how, how many days a week did you do that? Here. Uh, well, you know, in December, uh, it was so crazy. I think, uh, you know, three to four days. Oh, I mean, sometimes geez. he was staying all night <laughs> at the hotel and brewing the next day. You know, did you know? I know a double batch mm-hmm. went on, you know, a good, good number of hours. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we've, in January, you know, we've finally got where we're, um, we've caught up. We're still brewing uh, essentially near capacity, but um, uh, it's still, you know, two to three days a week. But then uh, it's, we're going to at another location in a few months which we'll get into as well and yeah so that's cool his uh we need to get a move down here so yeah, yeah. so how um like like as far as the siebel goes like how like instrumental was that as far as like them you know helping you plans on to, to build the brew pub and you know do you really feel like you got a lot of useful beer knowledge out of that as far as well, making you know i was in a little different position there you know a lot of a lot of guys that are there are either home brewers or they're mm-hmm. uh, like professional brewers that have come from overseas. You know, we had guys mm-hmm. there from uh, I think Korea and uh, a lot of uh, South African really? guys mm-hmm. there. Uh, oh. We had a, a guy that did all the purchasing for uh, Anheuser Busch. I mean, it's just a huge mix mm-hmm. of people everywhere from home brewers to, like I said, purchasing mm-hmm. guys for Bush. But, is that uh, six weeks? Is that like the standard class? That's the associate in brewing okay. technology okay. class, which is what I did. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not cheap, so I figure you have to be pretty dedicated if you're going to show up and do it. <laughs> yeah, well, we knew we were opening up a business, and although uh-huh. we couldn't pay for it right away, we knew that you know uh-huh. we'd you know by the time we got the business, it was a good investment. Yeah, really. absolutely. The uh, you know being in Elmwood before gave kind of already. I'd done a lot of it already, mm-hmm. so from that standpoint, it wasn't so much to really learn 
how to do it, but just to make it uh, make better beers, really, just mm-hmm. to bring it up a notch. You know, there's a huge investment in this place, and I mm-hmm. um, uh, wanted to take it from part-time professional brewing to full-time professional mm-hmm. brewing, and like I said, just bring the beers up up a notch. And um, uh, did, did you, you look know. back at anything you did at Elmwood and say, "Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing that"? course not <laughs> <laughs> never well, never happened. you know the, the big difference i think <laughs> never that lactobacillus <laughs> infection was never <laughs> that, that, that wasn't really a belgian hill <laughs> uh the uh it's it's been you know it's been great the best thing right now is burn you know full time uh, which is my big change of careers here from uh scrapping the lawn brewing beer for a living is that i'm able to baby the beers every year you know adjust the temperatures every day as they need it or rack out the yeast or the trub or whatever you know just the uh, level of attention that you can get and plus what the quality of the system that we've got here that you saw yeah um uh the quality of the the beers has been really good and the stability you know has been Mm -hmm. great um so really happy so Are, are you do you enjoy the fact now you don't have to bottle I love that I don't have to bottle. I, <laughs> I hate tell from that. Was, uh, you know, I, we, we did yeah. that in Elmwood just to, because, you know, again, in a small town, you look yeah. for ways to uh, uh, find think? revenue elsewhere, and yeah. bottling was uh, the method of choice. Uh, we had a, you know, forehead heat and filler, and, you know, it's breaking glass everywhere, and, you know, it's <laughs> just, I just hated life for a, yeah. <laughs> for a while. We've been to a couple <laughs> places. I've watched the bottling line like that. Is Everybody acts like, oh, yeah, that's the bottling line over there. Then yeah. Nobody really wants to talk about the bottling line. <laughs> hated the bottling. <laughs> Eventually, my partner, thank God, he uh, he t- kind of took over that part of the operation. I just kind of brewed, and, uh, and he took care of the bottling, which uh, I was very thankful for. So, um, Which... Again, we've still got some interest in packaging over here, but because of my hatred for bottling machines, I might not uh, want to bottle anytime soon. So we're actually <laughs> we're actually thinking of canning instead. I like cans because they don't you know, be shatter anymore. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Be fantastic. Um, Screw tops, yeah, that'd be yeah. good. Uh, we're <laughs> ball, ball can <laughs> anything but bottles. That's a bottle. You know, I, I, we you know seriously, we're, we are thinking about still doing a premium bottle, like a mm-hmm. almost like a hand filled or a, you know manual filled no, premium nice. bottle, mm-hmm. like corked or swing top or something like a larger bottle. But for if we do bo- volume type mm-hmm. packaging, mm-hmm. Uh, really interested in doing canning. I've been interested for a long time in it. Well, uh, canning like, is the hip way to go. It just seems like nobody. Everybody's already committed to bottles, so if exactly. you don't if you don't have anything going right if now, if you're not committed, it's, then you can uh, go right to cans and you'll be mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, you know the cans are a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, really? Because I also wondered if like maybe with the cans it was more expensive to do it. Because to me, I mean, there's no chance any light getting in your beer it would make more sense if you you know don't worry no, about I, it sitting on the. Shelf. We said for a long time, a craft beer that's canned usually stays better and no tastes light, better. Yeah, yeah low, mm-hmm. lower air pickups. Um, just a lot to attract you. What scared us off, I think, initially was just the public perception. But you're starting to get mm-hmm. kind of crack that nut a little bit and uh, starting to see more of them. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably, what, 25 or 30 in the country that are doing it now. Maybe. None Maybe in this not. area, though. Maybe. I can't think of... None in this area. I think we'd yeah. be, if I we did we it, we'd be the only can. Yeah, you would be the only ones because you can't walk into any liquor store in this area in short of finding, like, an... European beer in a yeah, can. Just, just British ales, that's pretty much all you're going to yeah. find. Yeah, so that's uh, part of the attraction is to have something unique. There's so many glass uh, bottled beers out there. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of them sat for, you know, months. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know. It's just... Uh, well, you have something you have fresh stock cold there in the, you know... Just to have something way different somebody walks in, yeah. The, the disadvantage is that uh, with cans, you've got to buy an entire semi-truck full of uh, <laughs> two different varieties of cans. So it kind of limits yeah. you on the number of beers you can have on the market, which mm-hmm. isn't all bad, though, either, when you can concentrate on, you know, two beers if you want to get one truckload mm-hmm. or four beers if you want to get, you know, obligate yourself yeah. to get yeah. two truckloads of, of cans. 
But, you know, I think they're like maybe three to five cents a can versus, you know, over 20 cents a bottle. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I would never even thought it was that I much would. difference. No. No, we, that's about the future, you know. I mean, we're not there yet. You no, know, that's certainly cool. Certainly thinking about it. Um, phone? My wife. Oh, that's... I'm guessing. <laughs> Who else would <laughs> call me? Hello. Uh, the Rip Roaring Show is going great. But we're not... We're close to done, so... Probably, probably another half an hour, 45 minutes at least. Judging by the beers on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and I can talk. I'm an attorney. <laughs> Oh, they have a great dessert menu. No, I'm not fibbing to you. <laughs> Matt, you got a great dessert menu? Absolutely. Abs- it, if the owner says they have a great menu, they have a great menu. You come down anytime you want, we're, but we're going to be a while, okay? Apple fritters or the caramel apple pie. Apple fritters, apple good. Pie is like yeah, that. All right, bye. That's pretty good. I never thought my wife could get bored shopping. <laughs> <laughs> is that even possible? I don't know. <laughs> Apparently it is. <laughs> How'd you like the Hefeweizen? I that is my yeah, favorite beer I was just here. About actually, to bring that up. Actually, yeah. The, where did your inspiration for this come from? Because this is a it came from mother came from the Deutschland ever. man. That thing is like straight out of Germany. Well, I wanted to make something that was extremely authentic for yeah. Hef. Um, yeah. It uh, it's got the Weinheinsefon Hefeweizen strain. So I figure if you're going to try to make mm-hmm. something authentic, you better you know go to the source to get it. So. Um, uh, really happy with it. I think uh, we've had a lot of homebrewers come in. That's their favorite beer, you know, most it's, true it, to style. It's probably one of my favorites here, yeah. too. Things are just, just the people who are just not into beer at all, and they're like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they didn't know beer could taste like that yeah. usually is what it ends up being. Yeah. A lot of people aren't really used to the craft beers. That, you know, they kind of gravitate toward mm-hmm. the normal lager and the Hefeweizen as well. It's, you know, with the little fruitier taste from the mm-hmm. banana and clove, they seem to really like it a lot. So. I was surprised you didn't serve it with a wedge of lemon. <laughs> you can get it that way if you would so like it, or with that oh. orange. I'm, I'm a, nice, nice to hear that disdain in your voice. That makes me proud. You can get it. No, you would, you would never let your bartender do We don't purposely serve it. Okay. <laughs> we accidentally dropped lemon. Yeah. No, right. just kidding. It's it a joke. pisses me off when I show up somewhere and they put a goddamn lemon on <laughs> Yeah, well, that happens. Sometimes. It happens, but yeah, we, yeah. Don't, Not uh, here. we don't purposely do it. But the customers, they can get whatever they want within reason. So. Here you go. Except a Bud Light. True. You know, and surprisingly, you know, that, again, that was one of our bigger decisions, and we thought we'd get all these complaints. We don't yeah. get any yeah. complaints about that. Well, I think, I mean, so, me personally, cool. coming into a place like this, I would not expect that I should be able to buy, you know, well, a We butter. should have talked to you before we opened then, because we could have been put at ease because we were really <laughs> nervous about that. We thought we'd have people coming. Well, if you don't serve that, you know, Miller or Bud, we're not coming back. Like, when, when you go home at night and you're relaxing, what beer do you have in the fridge? If it's not our own? Or if <laughs> yeah, well, it's, can, you have the option to bring your own, sure. Yes, but, I do. Yeah. But so if you I, went to Fryer Tucks tonight on the way home, what would you pick up? I love Hazen Infused. I'm kind of a hophead. You know, oh, yeah? I like that mm-hmm. IPA. It's a really nice, balanced um, beer to me. It's got, you know, the malt, maltiness mm-hmm. kind of balances that. Uh, there's hardly a beer that I haven't liked, except for, of course, the mass-produced stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it's always hard. <laughs> that, that's to my pick problem it, anymore. People ask me, like, what's your favorite beer? I'm like... I can't even answer that because it depends on the the time it of does. day or the season or anything like that. Yeah, exactly, you know? it's just uh, my mood. It's uh, yeah, the seasons, especially uh, what I feel like. It's uh, it can go anywhere. You know, I like I definitely would always have a microbrew product though. Yeah, you know, and it, um, you know, goose. I try to support local breweries, so you know, mm-hmm. try to get some goose in and whatnot. Yeah, some but, two uh, brothers and all that. Mm-hmm. Margaret just walked in behind us and she's staring at the table full of beers. <laughs> 
<laughs> I told you it'd be a half an hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, the, the waitress just kept showing up. Really? What were we supposed to do? <laughs> he made these by hand. It's, it's yeah. our duty. Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's farmed the grain. <laughs> oh, no, right. that reminds me. With the sweat of his brow. <laughs> did, did, you, did you read the message board today? I'm going to get a little off track on here. Uh-huh. It's about this, this artist in Seattle <laughs> who uses her own bodily yeast to make yeah. her beer. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. She, yeah, she, she adds hints of that to the brewer's she, she yeast. She makes bread and, and she makes. Oh. She, she serves it as an, as an art project. Yeah. Please don't confuse our beer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was telling. Just give me a few ideas, but please. The kids are. You know, <laughs> that's a homebrew project. Yeah, there you go. The kids were at school, and I was telling Margaret about what people post on my message board today. And, yeah, that was probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the beerreport.com forward slash forum and you can read all about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Chug got a big nut brown. Yeah, that's yep. that's nut brown. Yeah. No, okay, you have to say, this, this ridiculously impressed me. That nut brown ale was really good. I hate nut brown ales. Yeah. They make me want to spit up on the floor. <laughs> can't well, please don't. <laughs> no. No, no, but that seriously, that was really good. That Thank was, you. I think... It, and I and I told you this because I think most nut browns seem to be, they're usually imported, and you mm-hmm. usually don't have any idea how long they've been sitting there. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of quality American nut brown beer. I don't know. We're uh, happy with it. Actually, we've had a lot of people that have said that's their new favorite. Yeah. So um, we uh, we did one originally, which ended up being more like a mild. So we called it as such. We didn't feel that mm-hmm. it qualified uh, for a nut brown. Mm-hmm. Um, Believe it or not, we do have standards here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and uh, if it wasn't a nut brown, we weren't going to call it one. So it became a mild, which the so, funny thing is it became one of the more popular beers at the time. Mm-hmm, it yeah. wasn't really – we didn't really brew it as mild. I mean, there's – sometimes there can be a fine line there, but it's uh, it had a little lower body to it. So if they don't meet standards, do they get kegged and then thrown in your car? Is that what happens? No. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't had to do that. It's just as far as trying to fit within the style, you know. Neither Keith or I thought that that first batch of nut brown really uh, fit the bill. Mm-hmm. So, uh, whereas it was a perfect mild, mm-hmm. um, it was really one of the first batches of beer. When you're learning the system and trying to figure out, you know, what your efficiencies are and whatnot, just kind of miss it a little bit on the gravity. So, uh, so we redid the the nut and I switched up the malt bill a little bit as well and, and the hot bill as well. It's an American style brown mm-hmm. so it's got you know some american style or variety hops in there yeah this goes back to i guess another thing i guess it knows along the whole line of beers and i thought it's kind of interesting because i've introduced to other non-beer drinkers to your stuff is that all your beers are very drinkable but but they're not what would be considered pussy for the style <laughs> you know you know our they're all very strong in flavor but they're all very drinkable and just and good appreciate that flavor. it's uh one goal i think from Coming from the Elmwood system was, I, you know, I wanted the beers to have more, a lot more body to them mm-hmm. than what we had over there. Oh, you know, we had a we had a big contest on the website. <laughs> ask, ask the brew pub owner a question, and uh, Brad in Pennsylvania, he had a question here, and I, we kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, here, here's his question: um, How is the hop shortage going to affect your business this year, if at all? And are you worried about obtaining enough hops through 2009? Yeah, we're now using marijuana in all of our beers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just kidding, TTB. No, I, I was just thinking on the way over here. I'm like, kids need to start selling hops. Screw the weed. <laughs> well, I you was know, looking at some probably growing better in this region. Ridiculous. Yeah. Hops. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, here's 
here's what happened to us. Um, we were uh, sitting there hooking up the system and uh, getting to the point that we could make our first, you know, order of malt, which went fine, you know, mm-hmm. and then we start making the hop order uh, with our supplier, and uh, they said, oh, we don't have any hops. I'm like, oh, what the hell do you mean you don't have any hops? If you don't have any hops, I don't have any brew pub. And apparently you're not my so, supplier. This whole day that I had planned on, you know, setting up the system, you know, and getting it operational, I ended up sitting, you know, sitting uh, squat on the platform on the brew house, plat- you know, on the platform, and uh, calling every hop supplier in the country Are you practically to wow. find hops. They were... I think two or three different hops players where I literally bought their last box of 11 pounds or 44 pounds. And you got to be kidding. Literally. Wow. And that, that was it. And um, so that was a little little bit of a panic there. Uh, subsequent to that, we found a, a few more. Um, you know, we've got some for a while now, but it's, it is a concern. It certainly is a factor in deciding, you know, um, when to do a production brewery, you know, whether you yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. find hops for it or not. So it's... Um, it was kind of scary there, actually, for a couple of days when you, you know, you're going to be a brew pub and you can't find any hops. So, so is that a supply and demand thing? Do you think it's going to bounce back next year? Or is well, there's supply and demand, but you know, a lot of it's just supply. Farmers have taken uh, uh, some fields out to brew either other crops or um, non-aroma crops. You know, they'll brew higher alpha acid crops, which make them more money. But you know, for the craft brewer that wants a lot of aroma hops, it's okay. been difficult. Uh, bad weather has been a huge factor as well um and then uh, you know prices you know they, again the farmers can put in a better um uh, a product that would make them more money so it's uh, been a number of factors and uh now we're bearing the brunt of it and uh, i don't know when it's going to recover i mean mm-hmm. there was a uh, saw something posted on the forum the other day that anheuser-busch had purchased all of uh, the wilmets for the next two years no oh, jesus so if they wanted to, they could probably buy. I shouldn't give them this, this no. idea. Never mind. They're, they're, Forget you listen. You know, I, I'll <laughs> bet you somebody from AB listens to this show, if I had to guess. One, you know, the one good thing that's come out of it, if there is such a thing, is that um, I've learned a lot about, sub, you know, hop substitutes. Or not, I should say what hop the substitutes. Hell? <laughs> what the hell is that? No, no not marijuana. Oh, you guys got to yeah. get off that. Well, they're yeah. related. No, I mean... Uh, Finding hot varieties that are substitutes for other hot okay. varieties. Okay. Um, and some of those um, substitutions that we've made, we've actually been happier than what we originally intended. Well, that's ah. cool. Um, and which, and we probably won't switch back now, so that's good. I mean, but when I found out that at Cascades, you just could not physically buy them. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, you know, wow. I never that's had envisioned my IPA without Cascades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or, you know, it's uh, really. Uh, but we've been we've been happy with it. Uh, we'd like to get a little bit more aroma out of it, but. Um, at the same time, our IPA is really malty, and it's kind of mm-hmm. the hops are kind of balanced with the with it uh, with the hot bitterness. So you're not going to get as much of that. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely more. It's not a not a hop overload IPA. No, no. when hops are forty dollars a pound, kind of yeah. adjust things accordingly. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I mean, I I we're extremely happy with the IPA. It, uh, you know, bitterness wise, flavor wise, I think uh, the aroma we, we would like to bring that up a notch. So, are you a fan of extreme beers? <clears throat> like uh, stone beers or anything like sure. that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Um, and we, you know, we want to start now that we've got our kind of our flagships and initial rotating beers. We want to have some fun with some real high gravity stuff too. Eventually, so how do you guys experiment? I mean, you, you don't have any like small tanks. You do something at home or off site that you're always kind of brewing or playing with. 
no, you talked you about know, the frambois. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. I mean, that'll be the smallest thing that we've done, uh, or the smallest batch. Uh, that and the barley wine. Um, we'll do some of that. Uh, the good good thing about a brew pub is you can do a pilot batch. You know, mm-hmm. and it, you know, people. You know, as long as it's a pretty good beer, you could still sell it and yeah. you know and uh, <laughs> tweak it later. You know, it's uh, yeah. brew pub is you get an immediate market and immediate reaction from people and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a great benefit that we have that a you know regular microbrewery wouldn't wouldn't have. Sure, until it's bottled it. out on the street. Yeah. Exactly. So it's that's that's a nice feature of it. Um, our system at the next location might be a little smaller, so we could do some smaller test batches down there. Is there something? Is there stuff that you just like dying to get out? Chud said your website's like filled with a whole bunch of list of yeah, beers. Yeah, I, I was I was really impressed with the lineup. Well, one um, said you're coming up with the Doppelbox soon. That uh, is going to be launched on uh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Just Day? Because I'm so here. On Valentine's Day, oatmeal, don't you think oatmeal. of the Distillinator oh, Doppelbach? Isn't, isn't that the first thing I that comes to your Doppelbox. mind? I love Doppelbox. I know exactly where I'm, I'm Honey, we're going, to, we're going to distill for dinner. Aren't you excited? Because <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't tell me why we were releasing it on you know, Valentine's yeah. Day. It just seemed like a good, good choice. Um, <laughs> we weren't able to brew it as early as we wanted to because yeah. uh, we could not keep up with the with the pace in December, so to, for yeah. us to put on another, another lager in December was in, uh, impossible for us. Yeah. The other thing, too, is um, uh, as far as upcoming beers, is your Roggen beer coming back soon? That is the and number I miss one that. most I'm sure it's requested mo- beer. Uh, we did that. You know, Our initial lineup had a Rogan beer in it, which is our dark German rye beer. That beer was absolutely mind-blowingly fantastic. I, and and uh, we've been here a couple weeks ago, and it was already sold out. I wondered if that caught you by surprise. That it, it did. You know, fast. I never expected a rye beer uh, to be the, uh, such a huge hit. And as soon as you know, it was meant to just be a rotating beer. So mm-hmm. as soon as we rotated it out with something else, and we we liked it too, but we just didn't expect mm-hmm. the reaction that we got. But when we took it off, you'd think we were taking candy away from a baby. You know, yeah. It was just. Uh, <laughs> And the servers and the customers mm-hmm. are just, when are you bringing the Rogan beer back? When are you yeah, bringing it back? because so. it, it's not like a founder's beer where it's like someone just took, you know, a bunch of rye and jammed it down your throat. I mean, it, it's it's rye, but it's mixed at a, at a drinkable pace to where it adds flavor, but it's not overpowering at all. It's fantastic. Well, the good news for you is that we've already <laughs> brewed it. Yeah. And we, uh, uh, as soon as the dunkel is gone. It was gone, in that second yeah. tank, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. oh. it's, uh, it'll be back on nice. hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Uh, chug right. it. In other words, start chugging the dunkel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the dunkel, too, because I'm normally... Yeah, dunkel's good. I have to say, I'm normally... I don't know if this is maybe a, a prospect to me getting fresh beer and maybe th- th- it being this fresh. I, I'm normally pretty bored by Dunkel Weissens and don't like nut brown ales. And both the ones here I've had uh, that I really liked. I think that's the difference. I think just having it fresh you know, within mm-hmm. days of being brewed, that makes all the difference as opposed to being bottled for a year or something like that. The other, you know, our beers aren't sitting around either in the storage tanks. I mean, we're blowing through tanks usually within, well, it depends on what beer it is. Sometimes two weeks, you know, sometimes three weeks to a month at most. So, you know, there isn't. I don't think any beer in here that's really uh, older than a month. So, um, mm. and some of those beers actually do you know better after they do sit a you know a week or two. Oh so. sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we just briefly talked about the framework. Yeah, when, when is that? What what's the story on that? Uh, well, I mean, you've never have you ever done one? Uh, this one is for my wife, who's. You know, made so many sacrifices as you learned earlier. <laughs> Did she like beer? That's her. Uh, that's her favorite beer style is a frambois. Okay. Um, I've always really wanted to do one too, um, but uh, my excuse for not doing one before is because I don't want to introduce you know lactobacillus, pediococcus, yeah, yeah. and all that Definitely. in my brewery. So if we do it here, 
it's going to be very controlled if we on the roof on the roof <laughs> yeah. in the parking lot <laughs> wherever I, w- I wonder if that'd be something more you did at home and then brought into here we well, could but I, we're going to dedicate uh, just dedicate it to the barrels we're not going to introduce yeast into the rest of our system at no. all it's just going to be mm-hmm. in the uh, the it's wood barrels so it's going to be a handcrafted batch yeah. Uh, yeah. The question right now is whether we do a primary with just a standard, uh, um, maybe ale strainers, what whatnot, and then introduce mm-hmm. uh, the lacto and PDO, you know, into just the barrel, and so it never yeah. gets introduced. to Well, the rest and of the then system. as far as serving it too, I mean, that's not necessarily something you want run through your lines, I would think. Um, or if uh, <coughs> we've got we've got an extra couple few lines, yeah. we've got a huge Goliath system here, so we could dedicate a line mm-hmm. just for. Uh, Lactobacillus type products. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, for your lacto lovers, we have. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of the. Uh, we I think we could probably actually use one of those lines for that. So, I think we'll be all right. If the beers all start tasting like uh, Belgian beers in a couple of weeks after we do that, then uh, we'll know that was a mistake. Yeah, we'll be all bad. start serving more oysters <laughs> and uh, fries. Okay. <laughs> May- mayonnaise for the fries. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, we're going to be really careful and uh, with it. And um, again, the key for us is keeping it out of every other tank that we've got. Yeah, and you also have got some uh, some bourbon barrel aged beers coming up, which uh, I'll be excited to show up and it goes. <laughs> yeah, I think February twenty fourth we'll have the. Uh, bourbon barrel aged barley wine um mm-hmm. which you know keith and i have accidentally like i told you before you snuck stumbled into some in. of that yeah. well it just spilled it's, out you know, what were you gonna do just throw it on the floor no it's really it's your duty really it's yeah. really <laughs> amazing the <laughs> bourbon in it and the, you know they char the inside of those barrels you know yeah. so you get a little bit of that burnt oak flavor yep. and, the, and the bourbon like i said there's a little uh you get a lot of that bourbon flavor but it's uh uh, it's getting nice and mellow and uh, whatnot. And like I said, we've got the uh, stout in another barrel as well, which won't be released till March 17th. So mm-hmm. St. Patty's. Yeah, the, the oatmeal is that? What, yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We just uh, we needed the one of the tanks anyway, so we just racked off the rest of the stout into one of those barrels. And we've got one left that's that we haven't got anything in. We'd like to do like a imperial IPA or something maybe in there. It sounds like uh, Valentine's Day. Maybe we, we should bring both the women out here. That, that sounds great. <laughs> I, I love that idea. I don't know either. That's why I st- <laughs> stick on the brewing side. You just trust that somebody else has a handle, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, so we're back. Uh, very nice bathrooms, by the way. Nicest bathrooms in yeah, town. Yeah, they are. You haven't even seen the women's bathroom. You hear anything? Came here countertops, so like a waterfall. <laughs> they got a couch? Uh, uh, faucet. Yeah. I mean, we definitely spent the money on the women's. And the women's have a uh, uh, sink right in the uh, stall, you know, oh. like separate rooms. A bidet. Nice. Not a bidet. <laughs> That's not a sink, is We're it? not that <laughs> fancy, but it's... Uh, Essentially, if you go to a house and they got like a half bathroom with you know the stool and the, yeah. and the sink mm-hmm. and the in the room, that's what each one of our women's stalls is. Now the men, wow, you know, that's pretty fantastic. The this men is, are lucky to get a yeah, trough. Now we are well, from we are from Pekin, or, so a, you're yeah. or a trench drain for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> expecting too much from us from Pekin uh, to know I'm, what you're I'm, talking about. Surprised there's even foundation on the floor and has dirt in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> but we did get a lot of comments on on the uh, bathrooms, yeah. and that was by design. It was, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, once you have to have pleasant, and everything has to be pleasant, right? Right. Well, unpleasant I think a bathroom says a lot about a place. You Does know, it? it? I think so. I Not that we brew beer in there, but it's uh, if the no, bathroom is people, clean. No, because people, if the bathrooms are screwed up, they just won't go back. <laughs> That's probably true. Women, 
Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. never been a man's in fact, problem. In fact, being a brewer, you're like, you know, the guys will show up for the beer no matter what, but you give a woman a fantastic bathroom and she'll come along with them every time. <laughs> you got it all figured out. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were going to ask about the stout, Chud? Yes, uh, the uh, um, espresso topics. stout they have here is fantastic. It's it's great. I was wondering though, at what point do you uh, put the coffee into the beer? How does that work? Uh, we what we do is we put it into a uh, uh, oh, almost like a cheesecloth uh, type bag. It's the holes are bigger than a cheesecloth though. But mm-hmm. anyway, put it when it boils over. We just uh, steep it in there for a while. Uh, and then just kind of raise and lower the, the bag mm. and the stout. We have six pounds of espresso coffee beans in yeah. there, in the coffee. Now, stout. on your website, it says you have a special distill blend of South American. Right. Uh, is that? Well, the coffee that's made for the restaurant is a special blend that we worked last summer developing with really? the roaster. It's just our own blend of mm-hmm. coffee, um, which we're really happy with. And I, I would tell you what's, what the roast is, but I'd have to kill you. Ah. <laughs> No, we don't but, need uh, to kill. <laughs> no. So you're like a coffee aficionado too, along with beer. I'm not, just... but uh, uh, our operations manager, Jason Brancher, certainly mm-hmm. is, and he's also mm-hmm. our wine person and uh, uh, beverage person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, very talented individual as far as uh, as that part of the operation is concerned. My expertise is more on the beer side, certainly not on the wines. I love wine, but I, you know, for mm-hmm. me to talk intelligently about it. I know it's a stretch even on the beer, but yeah. We, yeah. We, we, thought, we, we thought about doing a wine show one time just as a farce, just his, to, yeah. to pretend he, like we knew what we were doing. You know, he's <laughs> got a great wine list, so it's yeah. uh, we're really proud of it uh, as well. I mean, we have our uh, our customer base here. You know, we got we get a lot of wine drinkers in as well. Um, yeah, but uh, we have a wonderful wine list, so he's done a great job. You uh, you said the name again, Distill, and I you know I don't know if you made mention this or. If I didn't miss it in, on the little story, but where did the name Distill come from? Oh, you had to ask that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, quite simply, we, we made up the name. It doesn't <laughs> exist in the world, <laughs> which is cool because it's easy to trademark. Yeah, absolutely. Easy to get the dot .com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we got that right away, yeah. and uh, got, uh, we, got, we have two trademarks uh, pending that uh, are probably pretty close to being wrapped up. So we'll have those trademarked. So before long, when you say distill, you'll actually have to get our permission to say no. it. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, All right. Okay. Well, no, it's not that serious. Yeah, whatever, no, just Mr. Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lawyer in me coming out. Yeah. No, we right. want people to say it. It's uh, <laughs> but, Actually, it's bad marketing to tell people not to say your name. It's just the opposite effect. Dang it. No, it's, Damn it, uh, that didn't work. Yeah. It, uh, what we liked about it, though, was it, it seemed to fit the concept. I mean, it... Uh, you know, with the metro kind of feel, it, it just sounds more metro or uh, urban. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also plan on uh, distilling in the future as well. So oh, there's really? a little bit of a connection there, if you can well, well imagine that. Well, Mad so, Dog. Yeah, I, I mean, we were <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably vodka, gin, rum. Sweet. Uh, we're going to wow. age some whiskeys, um, do maybe some beer schnapps. But uh, <laughs> we were thinking about doing that in our. Is he uh, beer schnapps? Yes. I've never even heard such I didn't thing. Even, I never knew something no, cool. Great, we can introduce you guys. To Excellent. All right. All right, we'll have a tasting. I thought by now you guys had tasted just about everything. Everything with the word beer on it, bist about. But yeah, uh, essentially what you do is you take beer and you ferment or distill it in uh, beer stops. So really, um, we were thinking about doing it in our Champagne location, which opens either 
October of this year or January. I'm of glad next you brought year. that up because I, I knew you had a second location. I thought it was already open, but so it'd be up, open up. If it is, and um, I need to get over there. <laughs> okay. <they> don't <laughs> so now, effectively, by moving over here to normal. And th- now you're opening a place in Champaign. You're going to be driving the same distance you would have been driving back and forth from. Yeah, that's a, some stupid argument. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the problem. But it's uh, our our whole concept is it you know um, build uh, build this company and uh, introduce more people to better beer and beer, better food. Uh, you know, for our plug, I guess. Yeah. But uh, um, Champaign is another great market that I've always wanted to yeah. get into, as much yeah. as this market that we're in now. I went to undergrad in Champaign and certainly know the potential it has. I uh, don't want to really be in the campus town uh, part of town, but we're in the downtown Champaign area. Green Street? Okay. Yeah, well, it's uh, Green <laughs> that, That's, that's where we're not going. That, that's the area they're not going to be. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> right. That's you know, well, I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't really spent much time downtown because I, as, as a college kid, spent so much time down there in Green Street. I think everything was everything I ever needed, pawn shops and CD stores and... and uh, what what's the the place we go for the uh, the food down there on Green Street? McDonald's. No, the place you go for the uh, kebabs or the uh, the don't lamb. They, don't they have a good beer bar? Don't they have like the blind pig? Euros. Oh, yeah. like that. Where, where is it? Yeah. Zorba's. There we go. Zorba's. Don't, don't they have a good beer bar in Champagne? Mabel's. Like no, or, uh, or like the uh, blind pig, pig, blind pig, or something like that. I've uh, never, I've never I don't think it exists anymore. I <laughs> no, used to that's, play. That's my, that's my age showing. <laughs> that's my age showing too, because I used to play drums at Mabel's. Did you really? Yes. You play drums? Yeah. Oh, nice. We do. Yeah. yeah. So that's I miss, miss that quite, quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Ma- Mabel's, Mabel's is, is hip happening back in the uh, late Mabel's 80s. Mabel's is a special place in the, in the old memory here. But yeah. uh, anyway, but we're going in uh, downtown Champaign, which um, I mean, you still get the benefit of the college town without being a college bar. I mean, you don't want to. We don't want to turn into that in any town that we go into. Yeah. Um, Are you gonna have the space though, like you have here, to brew? Yeah, we've actually got more square footage available. Oh, really? To us there, uh, but the brewery will be smaller. Okay. Um, so we're looking at probably about a seven-barrel system instead of a ten-hectoliter that we have now. Um, but it'll be more of a showpiece. Well, okay. I mean, as if this. I mean, this to me is showpiece. Yeah. It's, it's a flagship, right? But here. this will be. Yeah. Uh, the one in Champagne will be a copper-clad system. It'll have frontage on Neal Street, so you'll you know oh, have wow. a lot oh, of traffic cool. driving by. It'll be uh, be pretty slick. So when uh, is Peoria coming? <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's just Talk look out for yourself. When's the peaking opening? <laughs> <laughs> um, He's already in been. the year 2070. Yeah. No, I'd yeah. love I, for all of you in Pekin. I'm sorry, it's, yeah. maybe all two of you listening in Pekin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when they going to talk about Bud Light? I uh, I don't know. We've, we've looked at Peoria. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. It may happen. It may be their third location. Maybe something after that it might not happen. No. Uh, we don't know where that third location is yet. Um, we're going to add about another store about every 12 to 18 months or so. No. Oh, okay. So there's definitely plans for growth there. But uh, where that third one is going to be, we'll decide by this summer. I got a fun <laughs> question for you. Like when you're brewing and you're like in the zone, is there like any music you jam in the brew house? Well, <laughs> Keith and I would probably like to jam, but usually we're subjected to the same songs every day. On the music? Well, it's yes. not music. It's yeah, a different service, but pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, they don't notice it so much out in the restaurant because of all the you know, people noise and whatnot, but Keith and I brewing, it's like, 
I don't want to go postal in my own brewery, but (laughs) it's always a distinct possibility that that could happen. So i got to start introducing some additional music. Uh, We do have good music here. Um, Actually, you do, yeah. But, you know, we focus a lot on blues and jazz, but uh, I want to get more jazz uh, introduced into the the music cycle that plays every day, you know. Um, But we have a lot of live music about every other week. We have live music. Live jazz or blues band. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Um, we have one this Saturday, actually. And, okay. Uh, like I said, about every other weekend. We're, we just started that in January. So, um, But it was always one of the goals is to uh, uh, have some of that in here. Not Nothing real crazy and wild, but no, know, just good, cool atmosphere. solid yeah. jazz and, and blues. Excellent. And uh, some acoustic music as well. I mean, it's not always, always jazz and blues, but as long as it's a little bit more lower key. Um, mm-hmm. You know, acoustic type music. No, cool. makes her a good time. Actually, my ulterior motive is to be able to drum <laughs> with one of yeah. these bands that comes through. So if there's like a permanent drum set set up in a corner, yeah, we'll right. know. But my purpose is to make money at this company, not drive customers out. So yeah. try not to drum too much. <laughs> he's brewing beer so and playing drums, play, right. and his wife know what he's really doing. Right. The, the, the secret is doing those in the correct order and not brewing beer and then no, then playing drums. No. Yeah. <laughs> so do you play jazz and blues type stuff or? Uh, I enjoy everything really, um, yeah. other than country. So, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we can appreciate Unless all types of music. I mean, there's, yeah, except country Both and western. Guys, country <laughs> and western, I love them all. <laughs> I mean, there's even some, you know, some folk type stuff that I'll enjoy, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not sure. Just mm-hmm. your, you know, my dog up taken with my truck kind of country music. So. Yeah, that's some of the that's some of the most entertaining music out there. You're really alienating the Pekin audience. I'm sorry. I, I tell you what. Pekin, I'm yeah. so sorry. That's the second thing I said. <laughs> I mean, if I could do anything to get you back over here and earn back your business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love Pekin. We kid because we love. Uh, one other thing Matt was showing me outside was there's going to be like a beer garden outside here. So oh, really? And if you look right behind you, Chud, out the window, it's be like, what, yeah. six, capacity for 60 more people about or 60 so? 60 people will add uh, whenever the weather warms up, which is about two nice. days out of the uh, 365 days in Illinois. I thought you were going to say about two more days. Yeah, no. Well, it could be. It's <laughs> <Maybe>. Illinois. <laughs> it's true. But then two hours later, we'll be shut down. So we're going to put a fire pit or a fireplace out yeah. there. Yeah, um, that would so be excellent. You'd be look really right fun. out uh, uh, over the road there and just, you know. We, we, we're kind of up on the hill here, so you got a you know nice view of the cars driving by. Yeah. And, uh, but more importantly, the trees across the street. And then uh, you're right uh, in front of the brewery as well, so you got a nice view into the brewery. Yeah. Keith and I are a little worried. We've we always enjoy actually hiding behind the tanks when we're brewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we realized a few weeks ago that when we're brewing, now there's going to be people sitting in the patio, so we can <laughs> no longer, you know, make obscene gestures at each other or whatever. So, like when you're brewing, you like hide behind the tanks so nobody can. <laughs> so <laughs> like we're going to have to be a little bit more self-conscious about uh, yeah. people watching us. I mean, you're already kind of feeling like you're in a fishbowl anyway. Well, there's a lot of glass here, so I think you're having yeah. a hard time hiding. Here. There's so much glass, and there's one one table that sits next to uh, the uh, work chiller over there. Whenever we're ho- hooking up hoses and stuff, you feel like you're eating dinner with the people, and they're staring at you. You're afraid you're going to mess up, and once you know it, you probably s- you spill beer all over yourself, and you look like an idiot. And, Squeeze it into a bucket and then pour right. it back in. Or you, yeah. you know, you get yeast on you and it makes you look like you vomited baby puke all over yourself. It's, it's always good. Entertaining. So we try to do mostly yeast knocks out, knockouts when there's not people sitting right there. So. These are like tips for young brewers there you're giving. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Keith had to learn the hard way. You know, you don't you don't want to tell a guy not to like crouch in front of the bottom port on a tank. You know, uh, too early on. You, you got to learn the hard way. But yeah, he's he's good. Wow. I don't know. It's just something about uh, you know once you got your eye, eyes opened, you know, to different types of beer and different tastes in beer. It uh, it really takes a hold of you, and then from that point on, you don't want to look back. That's what happened to me in college. Yeah. I mean, I you know, like yeah. everybody else, just earlier cheap beer in college, then, you know, yeah. and uh, you know, and then uh, I think in '91 started drinking beer with a little bit of flavor, um, and from then on, it was pretty well hooked. I think you and I were into Guinness before we went to England. Well, Guinness, yeah, but that was kind of everywhere. But, so I but, dug that. Yeah, but I think we drank a lot of Guinness. I think we drank a, a lot of Guinness. Well, actually, yeah, I did drink a lot of Guinness. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and an eight-pack of pints in the evening. No, I don't know about you. Okay. Yeah, well, I was in college back then, so it was different. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just something, I don't know, once you make the turn, it is impressive. Uh, we are lucky in this area, like we have Friar Tucks. And as much Friar as I... Tucks is actually really good. As, as, as much as I rip them for holding beers too long sometimes and not telling you how old they are, uh, they have a yeah. great selection. Well, because when I think about it, when I lived in Orlando, compared to any place I'd been to in Orlando, they have a, a much better... Oh, yeah. You can't go to... Sh- when we went to Sam's Wine and Spirits in Chicago, I don't no. think they had as many beers on the shelf. No, as, they didn't have half yeah. as much, other than they had everything by Three Floyds, which was nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you get out and go to other, like, breweries? Yeah, I mean, that's usually the first place I try to hit if I'm traveling anywhere, is find the local yeah. brew pubs and mm-hmm. go to them. Um, so, yeah, whenever I can. Yeah, no, that's good. So yeah. we do. Well, <laughs> Every time we go somewhere. If you're out of, if Bloomington is not too far out of your way, you should probably stop here and try some of these beers. Uh, yeah. they're good. And if you're hungry, it's like a big plus there because the food is like kick-ass. Yeah, the food is fantastic. Yeah. Appreciate that, guys, yeah. very much. Well, I think we're going to wrap up. Um, again, 100%, you know, love what you guys are doing here. And uh, really appreciate you guys letting us sit down here and have a talk with you. Glad to have you. I think it's a great thing what you guys are doing, too. Yeah. Well, it's kind of that grassroots mm-hmm. effort type. You know, yeah, it is kind of grassroots. We're, we're, really like, we're like the Ron yeah. Paul of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to go say that. <laughs> I'd like to get a little bit more than 4% of the population <laughs> to support us. Unfortunately, that's about what we're dealing with. But no, yeah. it's growing. Yeah. In Montana, he got like 20%. I was pretty impressed. We're big right? in Montana. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Right. We're huge in Montana. I don't have any locations in Montana. That yeah. doesn't do any good. <laughs> no, so uh, distill, was it distill.com? D-E-S-T-I-H-L.com. Yeah. A little different spelling on that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, excellent brew pub. Excellent food. Um, you know, I saw you got like uh, shirts and hats and sweatshirts. In here now, are you selling those on your website yet? I saw gum and mints. Is that what those were? I just saw little tins. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We'll put the still on anything that you want. <laughs> now, no, 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 listen. Chud, are, Chud are, has got a bunch of tattoos. They, How much would you pay? <laughs> yeah. Are, are, I'll give you five are, are, bucks to tattoo the still on you somewhere right you now. You know what that would be worth? Now, are the mints hop flavored? If you had hot mints, that would be nice. That would make sense, wouldn't That it? would be great. Yeah, well, ours aren't. Yeah, I... <laughs> Well, good That's job. a great idea, though. <laughs> Another idea of yours that I'll try to take over. That's great. Yeah, Chud's Hot Mints. You just put that on there. I'm just trying to figure out what those would really taste like in the end, but uh, uh, yeah. since we can't find any hops. Yeah. Probably like a stone IPA. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. a idea, though. But, uh, yeah, we're, you know, part of that's just getting your name out there and marketing it a little bit. Pimp. All about pimping. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so for the beer report. This is Groucho. And this is Judd. This is Matt. Matt. Potts.
the uh, owner, CEO, head brewer, the all-around guy at Distill. Thanks, guys. All right, thank you. Thanks. Tweet as hell.